everyone, and welcome back to the I Genuinely podcast. If you're new here, I'm Megan. Nice to meet you. I'm a 22-year-old who is just doing life, and we're doing this together. (laughs) Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode. I personally, I don't know if you can tell through that episode, but I was super passionate about it. Like I said, I had written out all of my tips and advice in advance, so I was flying through it. Good news, I found out today that I can actually record and post longer than 30-minute episodes, which is kind of a game changer. It's like you have to go through the Anchor app to combine 30-minute like recordings at a time, but you can make it into one like hour-long episode. I'm not going to be posting an hour episode. I plan to always hit maybe like the 30 minute mark is usually the longest that I'd like to go per episode, but it's just comforting to know, like, especially because the episode after this one is going to be the managing um, our money as newlyweds that I'm super excited for. And I was a little nervous because I was kind of thinking we weren't going to finish having all that conversation within in 30 minutes. So that's really comforting. So anyways, that's pretty big news. And also before we get into these life updates, I do not have any life updates at the moment because I posted part one of the Disney World episode yesterday, Tuesday, and I'm recording this today, Wednesday. Because, and I think like, I'm so excited to talk about the next part that I was just like, I'm ready. Let's go. So not a lot has changed, but I did realize when I was listening back to the episode, I was thinking my life updates are more on what I've been doing and like whatever, what happened that weekend, big news and all that stuff. And I realized that it's less about how I am as a person and like a life update wise. So I kind of want to be better at that because I think I'm I'm like, the thing is though, it's self-awareness, correct? I feel like I am falling in the trap of, you know, when you meet up with people in a group setting and small talk especially, and you start saying, how are you? Good. And you just start going, like, usually the next question is, what have you been up to? And it's just like, I've done this and this, or I haven't done much. And it's like, that doesn't mean anything. I kind of want to know how you are doing as a person, if that makes sense. So let me... So since I don't have a life update of like things that I've done between the past 24 hours, I am going to tell you guys how I've been as a person. And I'm going to be better about doing that going forward. But so far, I am doing okay. I It's a lot of emotions. And I think some people know what's going on in my life and some people don't. And I, I definitely, de- ooh, definitely do not feel like I'm going to share it on the podcast right now just to like let some things pass and then I'll reveal it because the point of this podcast is always being authentic and genuine and I feel like what I'm learning right now is a very big life um, event and so I'm trying to be careful with my words but I am very I think the, the main word that I would use is hopeful and excited and also confused and overwhelmed and not really I just there's a lot of emotions right now and I'm trying to navigate that and a lot of prayer with all the confusion and asking for clarity and it's just 
very a lot right now. And like I said, I don't want to be like cryptic into this because it definitely will make sense once I like reveal this and I hope I can make the announcement soon. But anyways, that's how I am doing as a person right now. So if you all could just pray that I can, you know, navigate these emotions and hopefully get some peace in whatever decision I make, that would be wonderful and I would really appreciate it. So thank you in advance. (laughs) But anyways, I'm just going to get into today's episode. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, it is basically part one of 15 tips on planning a Disney World trip. And today I'm going to be giving you tips about what to do when you're actually in the park. So there's like the planning side. And then once you're actually in the parks, there's like a bunch of other tips. And I was like, I think this is the best way to divide the two. So let's just dive right in. And I did want to touch on one of the advice that I gave in the last episode, but I completely forgot to mention because I was trying to run through all 15 of them so that it wouldn't end up like a 13 tips. Like I I was very set on the 15, but I suggested before going on a Disney trip to open up a Disney Chase Visa card. And I'll get into this about when Alex and I sit down and talk about how we manage our money. Obviously, I think there's like a popular saying where don't open a credit card, don't use credit cards, they're bad, they're evil, they're terrible. Yes, that is true, but also no, it is not true because Alex and I, we do not have credit card debt and we pay it off. It's always zero at the end of the month and we have the credit cards to reap the benefits. So Disney Chase is one of them. And so what I was going to say in the last episode is that we opened it up a year in advance because we kind of knew that like we're going to go to Disney at some point when we're married. So we started like using the credit card. And in the episode, I just said like, yeah, you get some discounts, which is pretty cool. But it's actually more than that because not only do you get discounts on like we got 20% off when we booked our hotel room, but you also like when you use it for everything in daily life, like, you know, at the grocery store to get gas and stuff, you can get Disney dollars that you can redeem. So Alex and I ended up racking up probably almost $100 in Disney dollars. So we use that money for a lot of merchandise or like a quick lunch or a little dessert at Magic Kingdom. So it's just like nice to like, that's just another way that you could plan is that there, if you're, and definitely only open one if you actually know that it's going to be worth the, um, going through that whole process for sure. But that is kind of something I want to go back on is not only do you get discounts, but you can get Disney dollars to help pay towards your trip, which is pretty cool. But okay, that's like, I don't know why that was bothering me. I felt like I had to share that because I mean, a hundred bucks, that is not really, nothing is ever free, but you know, at a certain extent it's, it is kind of free. So, okay. Anyways. So let's see. The number one tip that I have on here is for all parks, definitely rope drop. And I will explain what rope dropping is. I don't know if it's self-explanatory, but I'm going to explain it anyways. If the park says it opens at eight o'clock, you get there at 7.30 at the latest because it is totally worthwhile getting up early. I know because you're like thinking, okay, so if I have to get there at 7.30, I got to take the monorail, which is going to be basically you got to get there at like 6.45 and then you got to wake up and get ready for the parks, which is going to be 6 a.m. And I know that sounds like a lot, but I promise you it's definitely worth it because I feel like you get 
three shots in the day of getting the big rides. And I guess that's actually a priority thing too, is if you're trying to knock out the rides, then that's why you should rope drop. But if you're just there to like leisurely walk around, go in the shops, do a little bit of dining, I don't actually think maybe rope drop, fine, you don't have to rope drop. It's kind of, it's really the priority if you're trying to get rides out of the way, which is like, it's an amusement park. So that's kind of why I'm recommending it. But so I would definitely rope, um, rope drop. And if you stay on a Disney parks property, they usually have special magic hours. So like if, if the park is open at 8 a.m., they'll allow Disney Resort guests to enter the park at like 7.30, which that 30 minutes is a huge advantage as well from like Florida people. Um, and to walk you through like what the most popular rides are that people rope drop to, to give you perspective. So I'm going to name the big rides that people mainly wake up early and rope drop to go to. So you can either do that and wake up early so you can get that big ride or you get up and get there early and go the complete opposite direction and you can get like I kid you not maybe 10 rides in the same time span as that one big ride if that makes sense so like for Magic Kingdom everyone there's probably two of the main rides that everyone heads straight toward to and it's like a madhouse that would be Seven Drawers Mine Train that's like the most popular one because I feel like anytime a new ride opens, that's obviously the most popular. And then for the older people, like the teenagers and young adults, they all head towards Space Mountain. So those are basically the two top priorities of people. I am going to say this right now. If you're going to want to ride Seven Doors Mine Train, do sure you can. I think your best bet is rope dropping it. But at the same time, it is not worth waiting more than like 45 minutes and my not even 45 minutes, like 30 minutes, which it will never hit 30 minutes wait time. But it is possible. I, I have actually it was very odd because and I'll get into this, but a lot of the rides sometimes lie about the time. And when you get to a point where you know the parks, you start to recognize that's definitely not like a 50-minute wait. Like, for example, Ale oh, and Peter Pan is another one at Magic Kingdom that a lot of people head towards to. But like what I was going to use as an example is Peter Pan because when Alex and I went on our trip recently, we were passing Peter Pan. And usually that line is about 100 minutes. Usually it stays like that. But we noticed the queue line and I was like, that is definitely like a 20 minute wait. And sometimes they don't change that hundred because they don't want like when they get that dead time, they don't want a ton of people all of a sudden running towards that ride. So sometimes they lie about it. So just be on the lookout for that. Um, and then Epcot, a lot of people rope drop to Test Track, which is pretty popular and probably Frozen Ever After. Um, we were going to rope drop to Remy. I was going to say, actually, one of my advice for Epcot is you don't, that's probably the only park where I would suggest you don't have to necessarily rope drop. If you get there an hour to two hours later than park opening, you sh still should be able to hit a lot of the rides without a lot of like long wait times because it, and I, I guess this depends on the time of year you're going to as well, because I think the summertime rope dropping is a little harder because everyone's at the park, but like besides the summertime, this is my advice to y'all. And so basically everyone goes to test track, which is the super fast ride. Or like I said, you could hit a lot of the smaller rides and get a ton done, but that means you'll probably eventually at one point wait for one of the big rides for like 
60 minutes that day, but at least it's not like, you know, you wait 30 minutes for a small ride and then another 30 minutes. So I hope that makes sense. Um, And then Animal Kingdom, a lot of people go to Avatar or Expedition Everest. Those are some two popular ones. And then for Hollywood Studios, definitely everyone runs to Slinky Dog and Rise of the Resistance. Or, and I think it might sound like Hollywood, Tower of Terror, and Aerosmith are the ones that people head towards to, but actually people don't. So you could knock both of those out. I think one time... I've tried it both ways where I rope drop to a big ride and then I've tried rope dropping to smaller rides and I was able to ride Hollywood and Aerosmith like four times within maybe 30 minutes because that's like you can just ping pong back and forth. It's pretty great. So it just depends on your priority on like the quality of rides versus the quantity amount of rides. So and then kind of like what I was touching on earlier is if you're staying on property, um, if it's worth utilizing the free transportation or if you should bring your car if you drove to Disney. And personally, if you're like the Skyliner is a new addition to Disney and this past trip was actually the first time I've tried it and it connects to Pop Century, uh, Art of Animation and Coronado, I think. It's only three hotels, but it was definitely very efficient. I liked it a lot and it was also very calming. We did get our own like Skyliner cart to ourselves, and I don't know if that's always the case, but that was kind of what happened in our instant. And then um, the buses though, whew, I if your hotel has a bus and you have the car, take your car. I promise you it's worth taking your car because those bus lines when the park closes are insane and you'll wait there for a while and you may have the thought that crosses your mind what if we uber don't do it it's first of all the uber is going to cost you a ton of money because all these ubers know that the parks are closed and everyone's just desperately trying to go home but you will probably end up waiting like 40 minutes sometimes just to wait for your bus so if you can take your car for sure and i also kind of touched on this part too but arrive at the park 45 minutes earlier like because sometimes they open earlier like sometimes they do soft opening so like even if I told you you're staying on Disney property and you get to enter the parks at 7 30 Disney tends to sometimes quietly open a little earlier so like 7 15 so just the earliest that you can get there is the better um And it just like, and what I mean by like arriving at the parks 45 minutes earlier, I literally mean like you are waiting in, in front of the castle or something. Cause they'll let you in the park. They just won't open up the sections if that makes sense. But that is definitely, cause you got to calculate, you know, bag check and the monorail and the ferry boat and all that stuff. So that's kind of something that I definitely recommend. Another tip is that all of the food restaurants and like Starbucks, they give free water. Um, You might be waiting in line for a while, but they do offer free water. And personally, I hate Florida water. I honestly, I think I'm just weird because a lot of people that I've gone to Florida with and to Disney, they think the water tastes fine, the free water, but I can taste the lake water and the, it just, I don't like it. And so that's something to keep in mind, but they do give you free water. You don't have to spend $4 on a water bottle there. (laughs) And another cool thing is that cast members will take photos for you. So 
if you see them lining up on the street or whatnot, they will most likely take a photo for you. Um, even with COVID, I haven't had a cast member turn me away. They like, in fact, one cast member just pulled out and said, do you mind if I wipe your phone down first, which is pretty awesome. And don't feel embarrassed. Like if you go into a Disney photo pass line, which is their professional photographers, and you let them click a few shots first, and then you say, can you take a photo on my phone as well? And they usually do not have a problem at all. I've never had a problem with that. And that's just like Disney services. You know, they of course will, they'll never deny you about that. So that's something good to know. So don't feel like embarrassed that you're asking that and you're not going to pay for the photo. That's like $15 per photo because they get that all the time. And another tip that I would say, which I kind of wish that I said this in the other episode, but if you have time on your off day, definitely check out the Disney Character Warehouse, which is in an outlet mall that's very close to Disney. It's like 15 to 20 minutes away from the actual park. So if you have a car or Uber, I would definitely recommend checking it out. It is very cool. Disney, this is actual Disney park items and they send all of their like holiday stuff or things that they um, are overstocked on to these warehouses and they're deeply discounted and it's amazing. I buy a lot of my ears there for like $5. Spoiler alert, I get a ton of t-shirts there for like $7. And like I said, they're actual Disney merch. And sometimes you can find some really, really cool stuff. Um, And then So going back to like the big rides, so like Expedition Everest or Test Track, some of these big rides have a single rider option. If you don't want to wait 150 minutes for Test Track, I promise you just choose the single rider lane because, and I'm not going to guarantee this, but when you go into like if me and Alex went into the single rider at test track, that just means we're not going to sit right next to each other. Like we would still get the same car and like I'd be in the front row and he would be in the back row, which is like not a big deal to me because the point is to ride the ride. And I, my whole reasoning is like, I'm not going to have a conversation with Alex when we're going like 65 miles an hour on test track. Like it's, I think the point is just being on the ride. So, but I understand that sometimes families just want to all sit together, which is totally understandable. And sometimes they do separate your party. That's not a guarantee, but I just know from personal experience, like if I'm doing Expedition Everest, we just, you can literally, the lines for those are usually like 15 minutes, which is pretty awesome. So definitely keep a lookout. Not all of the rides offer them, like I said, but that is just another efficient way to get a lot of the rides done is just choosing single rider. And it's not bad at all. Like I said, it's not like you're really having a full on conversation on these rides. So something to think about. And after you do try these big rides, if you can and time allows you and the wait times are not insane, I definitely recommend doing rides twice, like one in the day and one at night because they can have a totally different experience. Like, for example, Big Thunder is super fun. That's honestly usually one of the first ones that Alex and I rope drop to because no one goes over there because it's at the back of the park at Magic Kingdom. But that ride during night is so much fun. And like, obviously pick and choose the ride because Space Mountain is going to be the same the day and night because it's indoors. But like, oh, Slinky Dog at nighttime, so much fun because the Toy Story Land is super cozy with all of the lights hanging. And it's just, so if you get what I mean, like definitely if you can choose to do the big rides at day and night. 
And like I said earlier, when I say that you have like three chances to go on big rides, I mean like you have basically park open, which is rope dropping, and that can minimize your wait time for things significantly. And I think I probably should have said this a little earlier because obviously midday when everyone's, most people are sleeping in, I mean, you're still going to get a huge crowd, but you're still probably cutting your time for these big rides by at least 30 minutes, which is like every minute counts at that point. Um, So definitely rope drop is your opportunity. And the next opportunity you have to hit these big rides are probably during like anytime there's a show or a parade going on. So like Happily Ever After at Magic Kingdom. Wait, just kidding. It's not Happily Ever Afters. It's like Enchanted now, which is like a terrible, I do not enjoy that show at all. (laughs) Rip Happily Ever After. But anyways, you get what I'm saying. Or Fantasmic at Hollywood Studios. Everyone is going towards those shows. And so that is definitely your chance as well, because you know, like I said, everyone's there. So a lot of the wait times go down everywhere. Um, But at the same time, I definitely think those shows are worth checking it out. Not really happily ever after. Oh my gosh, whatever it's called. No, I like Fantasmic, totally worth going to watch that. Usually they have two shows and I can't wait till they bring that show back. And then like for the new show at Magic Kingdom that I can't think of the name at of the moment, That's definitely, like, I didn't really like it, but I think it's something I would recommend to people, like, just, I mean, it's a fireworks show. Watch it, for sure, like, at least once. Um, But that is another opportunity when the wait time goes down. And not only that, but at nighttime, you have one more opportunity. Even if you went to the shows, at park close, you can hop in a line, and they have to take you. They can't turn you away. So, like, if the park closes at 9 p.m., And I get in line for Splash Mountain, even though it's a 40-minute wait. And if I get in line at 8.58, they'll still let me through, which is like, if you're just determined to ride it, definitely just get into a line. Um, That's how Alex and I did Peter Pan. We got in line last minute and we waited like another 50 minutes, but they let you through. They can't turn you away. So that's also another opportunity for you. And I don't think a lot of people know that. Plus, after the shows and stuff and fireworks and all that, a lot of people and parents take their kids home. So that's why also it's just like a good opportunity. And um, let's see. Number, this is, I'm skipping around my numbers. I think I'm on 10. But if your feet need a break, and like I said, there's a lot of walking when you're in the parks, definitely go watch a show Um, you know, you can sit down at a dine-in restaurant, like I said, and there's also just like a bunch of rides where I think that the, like Walt Disney knew that people would get tired. So you have a lot of different options. So there's like the people mover at Magic Kingdom, which is like maybe a five minute ride where you just sit in a tram, but it's just like nice to sit for a moment. Um, they have a ton of shows like in each park that they're offered. They have Bugs Life at Animal Kingdom, which is terrible, but whatever. There's an option for you. And then they have um, Philhar Magic at Magic Kingdom, which is like a 20-minute show. Carousel of Progress at Magic Kingdom is so cozy. I think it's it's like one of my favorites and a must that I do every single time. So that's just an option for you as well that there's a ton of shows. Oh, and Tiki Room. Love the Tiki Room at Magic Kingdom. Um, and then I think the last one that I have for now, I really thought this one would be a long episode, but I guess we're going to hit the 30-minute mark, which is pretty cool. Um And the last one, like I said, is Epcot actually has a back entrance, 
from the boardwalk and that's kind of like for resort people but if you make like a breakfast reservation at the boardwalk I would definitely recommend taking it and because it's like it's a quieter entrance because like I said it's such like a it's mainly for resort people but you can still kind of get in if you have dining reservations so just make them um like I said it just you get and also you it comes out to the world showcase like when you enter the park so you're on the complete opposite side of the park so you get you get priority over like frozen ever after and remy's new ride that he has because you're already starting at the back of the park and what i mean priority is not like oh because you enter that entrance you whatever it's like if you rope drop you already have an advantage because you're already in the back of the park without having to fight your way and hustling and straining some muscles to get all the way to the back of the park um and that was something that alex and i quickly learned when we were trying to do the remy ride and which by the way it's very cute but we spent we paid the lightning lane which was like ten dollars a person and I I would not have spent that money. <laughs> it's uh, just wait in line. Even if it's like an hour, it's not really worth the 10. Don't spend money on it. Um, but anyways, I hope that you guys enjoyed this little series that about Disney. If you're planning a trip, I personally sometimes think about becoming a Disney travel agent because I really do just have a heart for the parks and enjoy giving people advice. So hopefully this was helpful, like I said. Um, and if you have any other questions, you can always send me a DM at i.genuinely.podcast or my personal Instagram is megan.c.harry. We like the dots. <laughs> it's like a clean username, but kind of long. Anyways, um, but if you like this episode, you can give us a rating or leave a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Anybody who takes the time to do this means the world to me and it just, I, I read them and it's super appreciative. And yeah, I will see you guys in next Tuesday's episode. And don't forget, episodes drop at 6 a.m. It's going to be a good one. Alex is coming back on the podcast. So I will talk to you all then. Bye.